everyone. Hello. Hello. Um, just to let you know, we're that- gonna hawk our wares at you. <laughs> <laughs> just to let you know that for the next couple of weeks, we've got merch available. It won't be available forever, so mm-hmm. if you want it, go and get it. Thank you. Yeah. Where can we find it? That's coming later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You'll have to find out. (laughs) You'll be able to find it through the links in our socials. Enjoy the episode. Good luck editing that together. (laughs) This content contains podcasts. This adult adult contains contains podcast content. Adult content, be advised. Enjoy the episode. Apologise. Right I'm very sorry. My, my envy and jealousy has made me mean. There, she's yawning. It's appropriate, this episode. It is, actually, yeah. <laughs> Bagpus, Bagpus gave a big yawn. Yeah. We've had a trying week, haven't we? Mm-hmm. So we fell off of Spotify. We're back on Spotify. Sorry about that. That's Jesus what I was referring to. Christ. Thank you for yeah. all the... Thank you for... I mean, you guys said that people messaged being like, where have you gone? So thank you for the concern. Yeah, essentially... Oh, well. Essentially, we moved um, hosting sites and hello acast and now sexy thing our data's kind of reset so i'm just trying to re recoup some of that shout out to buzzsprout support they were really helpful thank you honestly yeah thank you ladies from buzzsprout support who told us how to get back on spotify and therefore leave buzzsprout like (laughs) you were very helpful in leaving buzzsprout so even though our impressions and stats have gone down we we know you're all there we speak to you on instagram every day so thank you thank you very much how has our week been apart from that though yeah not a bad week i had to call my mum yesterday to be like i'm so sorry i've not spoken to you in a really long time i'm not ignoring you i'm just really busy yeah, so Elsie had to work a day this week that she doesn't normally work. Me and Laura had a trip to the hospital this morning. Oh my God, here's a story. We were sitting in the waiting room at the hospital and there's a room oh. in hospitals <laughs> called the sluice, right? Now. <laughs> it sounds like a an overflow tray. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. A sluice is like a, a waterway, right, yeah. basically. I had an idea of what a sluice in a hospital was, but we Googled it to be sure because I was like, what a weird thing to call a room. It just said sluice on the door. Sluice, yeah. And by the fact that the um, window in the door had like paper on it so you couldn't see in it and it had a note on the door that said, do not leave open. This door is not, it is to be closed at all times. Do not open. This is the sluice. It's um, where they take human waste basically, right? Ah, right. And Laura said a horrible thing to call a room why don't you call it the goodbye room and then i immediately no, went no like the chapel of rest it yeah, no. the I most was like... don't hug me i'm scared thing laura's ever <laughs> says like, welcome to the goodbye room because i immediately was like no if you have one of those in a hospital immediately that's for something else the goodbye room. Family, unless you have a landline <laughs> it was just so it was so funny <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah. Slews. Why is it called that? So me and Laura have been up for a long time. Um, we had to be at the hospital quite early. Yeah, they yeah. had to be. They had an appointment at eight. I had an appointment just around the <laughs> we, corner. We, have we the had point. a joint hospital. <laughs> we have a joint bank account and we have joint hospital appointments. <laughs> it was for a problem we have as a couple. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Meg's boyfriend. <laughs> I was we have to... couple problems. <laughs> why am I saying it like? Yeah, that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure why you're doing that with your legs either. Yeah, no one else can see it. <laughs> She's being coy. Thank you. I was supposed to have an appointment at ten o'clock today, just round the corner, so I didn't have to be up quite as early. It was doctor day. <laughs> it was doctor day for all of us. Um, basically. I was supposed to be sat here today as someone who has had at least one cervical smear and I'm not. It's been postponed. So mm-hmm. that's another week to worry about that. Hopefully by the next episode, Elsie will have had one cervical smear. Hopefully not Hopefully two. Hopefully not two, yeah. <laughs> because if something goes wrong with the first right, one... Come back yeah. for another. What? We didn't get it this time. What are you doing though? <laughs> when I had mine, she... I've did... lost it. She was like, oh, hang on, I've got to go again. Cause she, she didn't get the cervical cells, I guess. There's only so many places a cervix can be. No, like, no, how I know. Because you, miss it? <laughs> like, cause you have to. Because I don't know if you've ever swabbed your cheeks to like do DNA testing. You have to go quite hard to actually scrape skin cells off. Oh right. So I think okay. she just hadn't gone hard enough. Oh. So that's another thing to be nervous for. Great. It's fine. It's weird, but it didn't hurt. It was just. You might <laughs> like it. I might. <laughs> I probably won't. I'm sorry. You can't rule anything out. Okay, we are doing... (laughs) (laughs) We're doing Bagpuss. Today we're doing the first um, community selected episode. So um, a few months ago, a couple of months ago, we put out some polls on Instagram. This was a um, poll between Bagpuss and Clangers and Bagpuss swept the floor. It what it wiped the floor with clangers, even though we will please eventually do clangers. Because both, of course we will. Yeah, both it. names are very fun to say, bagpuss. But clangers, that's clangers. a really fun word to say. I love, I loved the clangers as a kid. I was it just diverts me. I love it. Obviously, we will have to mention the clangers in this episode. It is the other Postgate and Furman big famous show. Yeah. Um. So we will obviously mention it, but um. The reason, one of the other reasons we're doing Bagpuss today is because the 14th, 12th, is because the 12th is the 50th anniversary of Bagpuss. The 14th that... is Valentine's Day, which is St. Valentine's anniversary. So. Oh, that depends. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, why you got it mixed. And the 13th is a uh, pancake day. Yeah. <laughs> That's a busy week next week. That is. <laughs> That's the 12th of February. 2024 if you're listening in you 2025 know. yeah <laughs> or, or the distance or last year or 2044 <laughs> or Who if you're watching knows? a repeat on dave yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's go so the the way we're gonna do this is oh yes sorry later on in the episode we've actually got a little interview segment with um meg's boyfriend of all people because he uh has interviewed emily Furman daughter of peter Furman. we will teach you all about girl him in a minute in show. girl in show the only human face in the show heads up you still don't learn his name still meg's yeah, still just yeah some he character. likes he likes to think of himself as like 
is like being quite mysterious like that's yeah that's how he that's how he thinks of himself in his head and that's why i didn't name him just to give him that because he's not is he he's not mysterious at all no he's not he's (laughs) (laughs) he did refer to small films as small films so (laughs) (laughs) that makes it sound like a farmer good impression of my boyfriend thanks small films small films small films we've got that section which obviously will go in somewhere yes uh, because that's just meg conducting the interview we only have three mics send us money uh, <laughs> no it's no your your reviews your five star reviews are enough you don't need to send recruit us friends <laughs> to listen exactly thank you spread the word yes we are going to start off by talking about our own history with Bagpuss, how much we remember, that sort of thing. Then there's a bit of a history lesson about how it got made, which is so interesting and I can't wait to tell you. And then we can just go right into our Bagpuss opinions. Cool. upon a time not so long ago there was a little girl and her name was Emily and she had a shop there it is it was rather an unusual shop because it didn't sell anything you see Everything in that shop window was a thing that somebody had once lost and Emily had found and brought home to Bagpuss. Emily's cat, Bagpuss. The most important, the most beautiful, the most magical, saggy old cloth cat in the whole wide world. Now, one day, Emily found a thing. And she brought it back to the shop and put it down in front of Bagpuss, who was in the shop window, fast asleep as usual. But then Emily said some magic words. Bagpuss, dear Bagpuss, old fat furry catpuss, wake up and look at this thing that I bring. Wake up, be bright, be golden and light. Bagpuss, oh, hear what I sing. So we've got an unusual episode today um, because we've never been able to get information directly from the source. And um, because it wasn't me, it was my boyfriend who went out and did the legwork for me. We thought it was only fair if we brought him on to talk about it rather than rehashing all of the information. So hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for finally having me on. It's only taken a year to get me in here. It's actually been a bit longer than that. Yeah, well... Wasn't it? When was the anniversary? A couple of weeks ago. The nineteenth. Nineteenth. The eighteenth. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time this comes out, month and a bit. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the fact that we haven't even named you, it feels a bit weird to bring you on. That's fine. I, I'm happy to remain Meg's boyfriend. <laughs> the re- 
<laughs> everyone else is listening to this in the room so um and laura can ve- you know barely contain herself so so you have met emily Furman several times would you like to tell us how that's come about the first time i met her she was campaigning to stop houses being built on a bit of farmland near the town she now lives in so it was pure coincidence but upon realizing that we've got this 50th anniversary of bagpuss coming up i thought well i know someone who knows bagpuss like the back of her hand so why not interview her and um i'm right in thinking you are a journalist correct that you may sorry trainee reporter so some may call me that some may choose to use other words to describe my profession so it is easier for you to be able to interview people than it is some weirdo like me right don't knock yourself Meg. i think you could do it but yes so this is the second time that you met emily Furman. yes and you were doing a story about the 50th anniversary which is on the 12th of february this year Mm -hmm. which is why we've decided to do this episode at this time because it's it's relevant yeah no massively massively relevant i mean i think they're bringing out another coin in like commemoration of his 50th anniversary so they've done stamps as well haven't they yeah no they did a stamp maybe for the 40th one but yeah they do roll this stuff out every sort of 10 years Emily was saying she feels like she basically gets wheeled out every 10 or so years to talk about Bagpuss and then is ignored for the next <laughs> 10 years. Well, we're very grateful that she agreed to answer these questions for us. Um, so, yes, we sent you off. You were doing your interview with her. And I said very nicely, would you ask her some questions on behalf of us? So we're just going to go through those now. How Thanks. does that sound? Sounds good, yeah. Okay, so the first question um, I asked you to ask Emily for us was, what's your favourite song from Bagpuss? So, already on the first question, I'm a letdown, because she didn't have a favourite song as such. You know, I think the soundtrack is so... There's, I mean, there's so many songs across the 13 episodes. She didn't have a favourite song as such, but she listed the Hamish as her favourite episode and sort of said everything within that captures her love of Bagpuss. So I suppose anything from that episode would constitute her favourite song as well. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's interesting. I didn't ask what her favourite episode was, did I? No, you didn't (laughs) ask what her favourite episode was. But when I asked her this, she didn't really have an answer to give. So she was like, oh, I can tell you my favourite episode instead. And then told me that. I think it's because from from the point of view of our household... And um, Elsie, who I think likes Bagpuss the most out of all of us, she's got the record of all of the songs that she listens to mm. frequently. So I think that was just to satisfy her knowledge. Yeah, well, yeah, no, she, she didn't say a favourite song, but favourite episode, definitely the Hamish. So her dad, Peter Furman, who died, I think, five or six years ago now, he what he had you know he was responsible for a lot of other shows and we asked you to ask her what her favorite show aside from bagpuss that her dad worked on was but i would like to take a guess that it was the clangers it was the clangers yes i actually got the impression that she preferred the clangers over bagpuss when i was standing with her we were in the beanie in canterbury which has a museum dedicated to small films which was peter Furman and oliver postgate's production company so you've got things from Pogglesword, 
the clangers, bagpuss, and just other stuff. And she actually seemed keener to talk to me about bag uh the clangers in the initial. So yeah, no, hundred percent the clangers. Do you think that's because people ask her about bagpuss all the time, but she wasn't actually in the clangers? Possibly. I think I don't I don't know how or why she just it was just a fondness within her that she seemed happier to reflect on the clangers i don't know i think maybe she's just prouder of her dad for that work because it lasted a lot longer as well yeah but i don't know would you say do you think it's got the kind of legacy that bagpuss has got not quite but it is up there the fact that we're even talking about it and people know what we mean suggests you know it's still up there but no bagpuss is uh definitely out outdone the clangers i'd say across the 50 years i also prefer the clangers i'm very very keen to do the clangers on the pod but we put it to a vote for bagpuss over clangers and i think it was you know 90 percent out bagpuss over the clangers which was well it's not disappointing because i love both of them um does she own anything from the set so the ownership of it is a bit weird it, most of it lives at the beanie it's owned by small films but they curated the display there dedicated to bagpuss so the original bagpuss currently lives in the museum alongside madeline gabriel the mice pretty much everyone and everything there but she does occasionally find random bits around the house so in the ballet shoe episode where it's like is it a shoe is it a boat she happened to find the sec the other half of that ballet shoe just in a box somewhere so yeah there's stuff still pottering around but i think the stuff she does own is on public display mostly you had a an quite a nice experience at the beanie didn't you? you got to witness something quite emotional yeah no this was really nice so a woman who must have been in her 50s and her french husband came in and I was getting Emily to pose with Bagpuss for some photos and the woman just recognised her and she didn't really know how to interact. It's like, they say never meet your heroes, but this woman met her childhood hero and because it's an inanimate object, he couldn't be a dick to her. So <laughs> he just, uh, yeah, it was a really sweet moment. She was moved to nearly tears and you've got this husband who didn't grow up in this country and didn't really understand what was happening. But yeah, it was one of those very sweet moments to see and it's just pure luck and coincidence that she got to meet Bagpuss that day yeah it so does nice sound quite quite a nice thing to watch really but mm. she probably gets it quite a lot <laughs> I don't, yeah I think Emily Emily's used to it but I mean for the woman who got to hold and meet Bagpuss that's really yeah, nice yeah that is special Um, how was it decided that she over her sisters um, was the a uh, child that featured in Bagpuss. So Emily is the youngest of six. So she was just the appropriate age. She was about eight years old at the time. So the other sisters had been involved in the production of the other stuff going on. It was just Emily's turn. She says she recalls being paid in a bag of sweets. <laughs> so that, that's what she got paid to be in the photos. She also says people are actually disappointed to find out she's not a really old woman people look at the photos and expect her to be knocking on death's door and actually you've got this quite sprightly woman in her 50s well yeah because in the in the photos she looks a bit victorian doesn't mm. she but it's only 50 years old so yeah i can see why people would expect that 
Yeah, but the first photos are just... I don't know where exactly they are. They are a random village somewhere in Devon, Cornwall. And they are from the that period where everyone else thinks Emily should be from. Yeah. But yeah, no, the photos of Emily are just taken on the family farm. It's actually her house. And then Bagpuss itself was made in a disused cow shed to the back of the farm, along with many of the other small films productions. Oh, cool. Um, and I think the last question we asked was, when was the last time you watched Bagpuss? She couldn't recall. But <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. <laughs> she, she couldn't recall, but... um. She is expecting to watch it again soon because, I mean, for the anniversary, she'll have events to go to. National media will interview her as well. So, yeah. And, I mean, there's an event on Bagpuss's birthday. Well, technically birthday, but she made the point to me that while it's a 50th anniversary, he's probably actually about 52, 53. Yeah. So, yeah, she'll have to watch it at some point between now and then to, you know, just get caught up on stuff what is she doing these days so she runs her own company she's inherited both of her parents artistic abilities which is really nice she runs a company now called total pap with her partner i believe it's paper mache oh cool yeah and um she does a lot of charity stuff as well so she works with a company called hospices of hope which are it's the leading hospice care charity in southeast Europe. So there's a Bagpus wing in a hospital in Romania mm-hmm. that was paid for with what Oliver Postgate used to call Bagpus's pocket money, w- which actually means it was the royalties Oliver got from BBC for the replays of Bagpus. And of course, it was replayed for many years, wasn't it? It was played replayed consistently for about twelve years. I think it was 1986 they altered the schedule. That's incredible considering there were only 13 episodes of it. Yeah, well, Emily wasn't entirely sure on this because there's another person involved called Dan Postgate, Oliver's son, who would know more and I'm still yet to interview. But it sounds like only 13 episodes were commissioned and they just didn't commission any more. It wasn't an active decision to stop at 13. I think they would have kept doing it if, they, if they'd been given the go-ahead. But yeah, no... It, it stayed on for a remarkably long time and continues to get wheeled out every now and then when there is a a slot available. Which is very nice. Like yeah. It's still got that legacy. Yeah, no, definitely. And sh- they all love it. I mean, they still vet all the toys that come out. And she said, oh, if Bagpuss's face isn't rec- right, we all recognise that immediately. So they're very, the whole family are very protective over Bagpuss because, yeah, the face does have to be right. She said that's... That's the key to Bagpuss. Peter Furman used to think it was the colour, the pink and white. It wasn't meant to be pink and white. He was meant to be ginger marmalade. Emily doesn't agree. She thinks it's the face that is the key to why people love Bagpuss. Well, that's the thing. It can be any pink and white striped cat, but if the face isn't right, it just isn't Bagpuss. Yeah, no, that's that's what she said. And yeah, the face is such an expressive face, and mm. yeah, it's just so important to them that Bagpuss is continuously portrayed in the right way. Well, we're very grateful for you going out and doing the legwork that we were unable to do, and for coming on the podcast and explaining everything to us. And we're very grateful to Emily Furman for agreeing to answer these questions. Okay, no, no worries at all. And yeah, I'll pass on your love to her. Thank you.
Thank you very much. Well, it's quite obvious what that is. That is one dirty old shoe without any laces. Whatever is the use of one shoe? You couldn't wear it. You'd have to hop everywhere. You can't do anything with it. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, yes. Well, what can you do with an old shoe? You can live in it. Live in it? Yes, of course. There was an old woman who lived in a shoe. Come on, mice. Have you got a roll of music for your mouse organ? Right, who watched Bagpuss as a kid then? I don't think I did, and yet I remember a lot about it. And I'm pretty sure I watched Clangers, so maybe I did watch Bagpuss. But I don't... Mum and Dad get in touch. I don't know if I did, <laughs> I wonder, but I know so much about it. I wonder if because it feels so nostalgic, it's tricking you into thinking that you did, in fact, watch it. Yeah, because on re-watching it, I've watched six episodes, I think, of only 13. And I've cried at the end bit of every single one. Yeah, but Emily loved him. Oh, don't. <laughs> She, I, I, said, I said to her before she walked we were having dinner i said to her you are my weepiest friend and then and then she goes oh no surely not and then an hour later sends a photo to the group chat of her crying at bagpuss i'm like yes proving me correct you are my weepiest friend and I, I love you for it i could cry now thinking about it bagpuss is i mean it's kind of strange to follow a tracy beaker episode with bagpuss because that's two not serious episodes in a row but it's we're finding it very difficult to make jokes about bagpuss because it's kind of sacred yeah i needed to get all my laughs out of the way at the top of the episode because there are some things where you know our the the pod is called thoughts tv the usp is it you know being irreverent yeah <laughs> witty irreverent as netflix, comedy comedy as netflix would describe us. <laughs> um, but i <laughs> british uh, i simply don't have the heart to make like any cross comments even for the you know for, for the pod for the i'm sure we'll crack some i because nothing else i've watched made me cry out of what i can only describe as love like yeah. i was watching it like i love it so much that it's coming out of me it's called sentimental tears you only, yeah it was you so... only have them as an adult what about you laura uh, i don't have any concrete memories of watching it like i, I don't I'm, i have no familiarity with the plots of the episodes surprise or, surprise or the imagery of the episodes surprise, surprise. <laughs> But I firmly have always, like, it's always been present. I don't remember a time I didn't know what Bagpuss was, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's just always sure. been there. So I must have watched it. I definitely think I probably... I mean, probably... not necessarily because it's just very famous, isn't it? Well, the yeah. thing is, is, like, when I went to my nan's, which I went, I went to my nan's a lot, and we watched a lot of stuff on VHS. So if I watched it, I reckon it was there. Um, and also my nan worked at a toy shop. So there was also lots of Bagpuss stuff at her toy shop. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, Christmas was great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I remember it. And when the theme song played, I was like, oh, this is familiar. But I don't have any specific Bagpuss memories. I had a VHS of Bagpuss, which I played to death. Um, I probably stopped watching it 
around the age of maybe five like I was very young and I I only remember watching it by myself so either Arthur was not yet born or was a baby um it was a I I loved Bagpuss I loved it and or I don't know if I loved it or it was just something we had Mm. you know but I love it now um and I had a little two little dolls one was Charlie Mouse and one was I can't remember if it's Janie Mouse or Jeannie Mouse. It's Janie. Janie Mouse. And I have a very, very clear memory of the... No one believes, by the way, that I remember this, but the Millennium. What, 2000? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I don't. I, I remember the Millennium. I was born in... So I was born in 98. Late 98 as well. Yeah. But I she swear, was just over one. I swear <laughs> to God, I remember the night. It was New Year's Eve, and well, I yes, in... <laughs> <laughs> I remember the turn of millennium. It Wouldn't was, you know? It, it was, was a New Year's June. Eve. <laughs> <laughs> and I had Charlie Mouse and Janie because they were my Christmas present that year. Oh, yeah. My earliest memory is is get my eye taken out so. yeah we just we just we <laughs> make remembers 9-11 i think it's again i don't know if i do or if i've just made up a memory based yeah. on what my dad had said to me but um it was also the first night i ate a poppadon yeah i was disappointed because my mum said it's like a big crisp and it's not is it it's not salty it's made with gram flour so yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> we yeah we just don't believe you because we don't remember as much of our childhood as you do <laughs> so i just asked my, i asked my brother and my dad just out of curiosity because uh, my brother's older than me he probably does remember the tournament he would have been five um he said, I remember the name. I'm like, how dare you just remember the name of Bagpuss? Do you not? So it was made by Oliver Postgate and Peter Furman, who together from 1959 all the way up to the 80s, they had a production company called Small Films. It, it really is small. Like the credits of Bagpuss are so bare like I'm, you were so excited to tell me and show me the credits yeah i'm gonna read them to you now because it i mean it feels everything about everything they've made the clangers um ivor the engine pogglesword oh that's a cute name it's a place it's an actual wood in kent oh yeah yeah they that so <clears throat> <laughs> small films made ivor the engine pogglesword um clangers bagpuss what are the other ones and Noggin the Nog as well. That's yeah. that's the other really famous one. The credits of Bagpuss are incredibly bare and it really shows just how homemade it was. So I'm going to read them to you. Written by Oliver Postgate. Puppets by Peter Furman. Told by Oliver Postgate, Sandra Kerr and John Faulkner. Pictures by Peter Furman and Linda Birch. Music by Sandra Kerr and John Faulkner. Filmed by Small Films. That's the entire credits. So four people. Yeah. I think it's amazing that something with so few people involved can be have have such a legacy. I think that's such an achievement to be proud of. When I was when we were watching it, there were like moments where I was like, okay, there, there's a good three and a half minutes of stuff that they filmed once, reuse every episode, which makes it easier. Um, the opening and the yeah end bit. Yeah, yeah. But, it's it's thirteen minutes long, and the opening is two minutes fifty. But then 
the actual like content of the episode you're like oh fuck me because there's so much work goes into every single episode like they made a whole fucking quilt with multiple different bits to do a whole scene bit and then like every single episode has a lot of special stylized animation that's specific to that episode and it's just it was really surprising the sheer quantity of work that they put in every episode the wikipedia page for small films they produced work at an incredible rate it was something like two and a half minutes of broadcastable work every day wow for for stop motion that's incredible it's it's janky stop motion it wouldn't it might not get broadcast today because of how not smooth it is but you know who who cares it's perfectly watchable and they produce so much of it at such incredible rate and the the reason that they have the that they had the production company is because oliver postgate was working in children's tv i think citv he was no not citv because it didn't exist as we know but he was working in children's tv and he was like i can i think i can do something better with the budget that they're using Um, he's fucking right yeah yeah so literally in his shed they made what what i read was it was a barn (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. well the first one was a barn on the Furman farm yeah oh the Furman farm farm, was it okay i think it was a family family farm yeah right so the first one was called Alexander the Mouse and it was a series of stop motion films about Alexander the Mouse <laughs> and it was moved using magnets. They <gasps> Yeah. This is a really emotional episode, I feel I like. I love the mine. <laughs> I, I I would love like my dad like our parents or all of our parents were definitely old enough for them to have watched this as kids. My dad, my both my parents are younger than Bagpuss. How what? mental is that? So what, yeah. Bagpuss is at a max, like 52, 53? Well, it's 50 years old. Yeah, it's the 50th anniversary, yeah. but as you'll find out later, yeah. Emily Furman says it's probably about 52 years old. So our, our parents are just, me and Elsie's parents are just older. Mm. So they probably watched it when they were like five. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, he was working in TV. He wanted to do see what he could do with that budget. And so he convinced Peter Furman, who was working as an art teacher, to provide ah. the, to, to help him with the um, character models and the puppets and the- Presumably the drawings. The, yes, the still, yeah. the still images in the yeah. backgrounds of the stories. So yeah, they they did that, and there's I would this I do not want this episode to turn into Elsie just reading quotes, but today I've come across like two or three really really interesting articles about Oliver Postgate, Peter Furman, small films, the music of Bagpuss because it is very music led. But there is a documentary, a BBC Four documentary about Oliver Postgate specifically. So obviously it is about small films but it's about his life as well and one of the talking heads in it is andrew davenport or the voice of tiny and it's the first it's the first time i've ever heard his real voice (laughs) (laughs) and it it makes sense he's like yeah when i did the the teletubbies when i did what's the other one he did oh tots tv (laughs) (laughs) i didn't want to say i thought you were going for a different one (laughs) he was like yeah i'm i'm always thinking about the work of small films and Oliver Postgate himself actually found 
which I think is a bit ironic. He found Teletubbies to be very, very weird, and his reading of it was that it was a post-apocalyptic hellscape. That makes sense. Well, I think I think if you're mutated by radiation, I think if you're the artsy type, you have these kinds of readings of things, don't you? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that's what we thought about um, Lazy Town. So that's what some people thought about Lazy. It's what I think about Lazy Town. Lazy Town to me is like if if the people in Wii Sports got out. Oh, <laughs> oh they're out. <laughs> Put them back in. They're so fit. Oh no. <laughs> Get them back in the plaza immediately. Oh, do you remember when you could pick them up by their heads and they would oh, like yeah. wiggle their little bodies? Spare. <laughs> So Oliver Postgate is the cousin of Angela Lansbury. Really? I remember us talking about this. By yep. marriage. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. <laughs> All right. His wife, well, his wife was person nay and Ang- nay Lansbury. Yeah, his dad's wife. Was it his dad's wife? Yes. My apologies. <laughs> My apologies. Okay, so Postgate was a nepo baby. <laughs> I don't I don't know about that to be honest, but he, he was the nepo grandson baby of Nepo He grandson. was the grandson of Labour leader George Lansbury. Nepo <laughs> He spent three months in prison for refusing military service during the war as a conscientious object. Relatable. Legend. Yes, legend. legend. Yeah, we when we were looking at some of this stuff, I was like, oh my god, thank god they're left leaning because if, if I if we found out that they were kind of fascist, I would have been so upset. Sorry, do you think the fascists have got the capability to make something as moving as Bagpuss? Like it keeps happening. Laura, your glasses are wonky. That's fine, I can see. <laughs> yeah, but I have to look at you. <laughs> Towards the end of the war, he worked for the Red Cross doing social relief in Germany. Oh. Yeah, I know. I feel bad for calling him an Epo baby. Sometimes it's true, but they are nice people. So he was very much, because of his background and because of his grandfather, he was very much a socialist. Right on. Right on. So I recommend this documentary. I, I, To be honest, I did mostly skip to the Bagpuss stuff. Like the Clanger stuff was really interesting because it was about all the techniques that they developed, but we're doing Clangers another day and we've mm. only got so much time. But um, something that I will say is that in the the Clangers bit, he gets out the sliding whistle and starts playing it like a Clanger. Oh, I love the Clangers. And it's so impressive. It's like he's, he's using it like it's a conversation. So the way that they used to script the Clangers is that his script would be on one side of the page and on the other half of the page would be what exactly in human words what the clangers were saying. Oh, look, Oliver, I found the world. Oh, and yes. I found the whistle. Yes, oh, the whistle. Yeah, yeah, that's the whistle. This is Major Clanger's whistle. It's a very low register. <laughs> Hope you understood that. It's very cool. Yeah, they talk. Have you ever seen any of the? No, I have no idea what they. They're, they're like li- little mice creatures that live on the moon, and they they're like knitted like this mice whistle. creatures. Oh, I think actually that does is sound that- familiar. Ooh. So I was just reading it. He also Ooh. did work with Ooh. death children, and I'm like, this man is just so good. Yes, um, that's right. Alexander the mouse was uh, made for deaf children because yeah. it didn't. Ha- it was non-verbal. Yeah, yeah. What what a guy. Yeah, he was. 
a, a very interesting, very cool guy. He actually, as a child, his father knew Bertram Russell. Yeah, and the woodpecker's based on him, isn't he? Yes. What's the woodpecker called? Professor Yaffle. Professor Yaffle, yeah, he's based that? on Bertram. You know Professor Yaffle. No, 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 Bertram Russell. Um, he's a philosopher. Yeah, he's a yeah. sort of writer, speaker, if someone, thinker man. If someone, thinker wrote, man. if someone wrote a character based on me and it ended up being Professor Yaffle, Yaffle I would be very unhappy. Really? Because I really related to Professor Yaffle. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Poor old knobbly crocodile has lost his warm inviting smile because he's made to wear a pair of ears. Yeah, but he's wrong about fucking everything with such confidence. Yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I relate so hard to Bagpuss. In fact, I've got our friend Riley got me for my birthday a few years ago like a crocheted um, bagpuss because he says that I yawn like bagpuss. Like I would yawn. I yawn, apparently I yawn like a cat. Like you can see my tongue do the thing like a cat does. You do, and you you maintain eye contact as well. It's really <laughs> yeah. Quite, and yeah. at uni, I would you yawn. Away. I would yawn, and he would go, "Bagpuss gave a big, big yawn." <laughs> But you, when when other people yawn, you try and put your fingers in their mouths. Yeah, Bagpuss would do that if he had fingers. <laughs> <laughs> in his in this documentary, his son, one of his three sons, compares Bagpuss to a pub situation. So like, <laughs> you've got <laughs> uh, Bertram Yaffle who is like being confidently wrong and sort of (laughs) yeah and you've got madeline and gabriel who are always like up for a song up for a good time and you've got bagpuss if you buy him a pint he'll tell you a story i remember a story Mm, it all happened a long time ago when i was a sea captain and sailed the seven seas i steered my stout two-masted ship before the western breeze (laughs) i think it's so funny how they caught that the show calls everyone bagpuss's friends and yet they're quite clearly family who don't necessarily always like each other that much it's so funny it's like um professor yaffle is it professor yaffles yeah professor he's like that weird uncle you can't get rid of at a family he's like fuck off not not creepy just the one that like like the the uncle in dairy girls (laughs) who doesn't stop talking i lived with someone in uni who was exactly like professor yaffle and I made this connection when I was living with him and not just now. Like, I hated him. I hated him. He was Is it so... who I think it yes. is? Yeah, okay. You mouth it to me. No, you don't, you know, don't him. know him. So But I might have heard talk about them. I don't I honestly don't think you have. No. Um, I don't know why we're whispering because I could just edit it out. We're not going out live. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he would, he taught, he he basically spoke like he knew everything. He would talk like that. Um, And he'd be wrong a lot of the time. Yeah. He would, oh my God, he once asked me if I'd seen three billboards, but what he actually said was, Have you seen three billboards outside Epic Missouri? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, come on, man. Like, oh, sorry. Okay, when you said three billboards, I actually didn't know what you were talking about. So, yeah, he, he full named it. And what he would do is, like, we just disagreed on everything. Mm. And most of the time, it was like completely inconsequential things. But the way that he would disagree with me, 
And the way that I would talk back to him just made conversation so hard because he took everything so seriously. Like I remember one time I convinced, well, I didn't convince him, but I tried to convince him that um, I had a gun license. And (laughs) you're so funny. And I said to him, uh, well, I am so lucky to know uh, you. Uh, this, this is this is me fucking with the nine-year-old on the school bus. <laughs> so he wasn't convinced, but I thought it was funny to wind him up. So, so I said, "Yeah, I had one when I was 12. And he was like, "Where was he from? From England? No, but yeah, but I don't know. Okay, was Some, he southern? Yes, he was southern. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> so he said, "No, you didn't, because because people in the UK can't. You don't. You can't get a gun license." I was like, "Yeah, but I did though. Like, what if I did?" So also, he's wrong. There's lots of people with guns yeah. in the UK. And and he was like, "Yes, but a, a, a ten-year-old can't have a gun license." I was like, "Yeah, but I did though." Like, he just wasn't. <laughs> like, he was just that sort of person that was refusing to engage with the bits. Like, he was just. And Yaffle is the exact same. So whenever whenever they finish like the most beautiful, lovely song, he'll be like, nyeh, nyeh, nyeh. <laughs> what complete fiddlesticks and flat doodles. Yeah. Like, fuck off. If you sit beside a pool and a summer evening's cool, see the shining bodies gleam as they flit above the stream. They would cause you no surprise, we would call them dragonflies. Yes, you and I would call them dragonflies. Nonsense, rubbish. Dragonflies are just dragonflies. <laughs> he was supposed to be something, you said this earlier, he was supposed to be something else a different like a was it a uh, person or a different animal i think that he was originally supposed to be a person okay. but it was too it was creepy too creepy yeah. yes um what i love about this family is the mice and gabriel and madeline are always like backing each other up like the mice will say something like with the elephant it's yeah. like it's a flying elephant <laughs> elephants can't fly and madeline and uh, april are like dumbo yeah but they can though like what if they can we've got a song about it so I... they probably can it's very tatty and it hasn't any ears i'm not surprised it looks sad yes it does look sad poor old thing it's just as well it is a pink elephant not a real one why what difference would that make if it was a real elephant it couldn't fly 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 elephants don't fly i don't see why not Pink straw elephants could fly. Oh, ridiculous. Who ever heard of such a thing? The elephant is a pretty bird. Its hair is long and wavy. It makes its nest in a rhubarb tree and lays its eggs in gravy. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. How about this? The elephant is a pretty bird. It flits from bough to bough. It makes its nest in a rhubarb tree and whistles like a cow. No, 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 ridiculous, ridiculous. <laughs> I loved it when, like, Madeline and Gabriel will just go, okay, Professor, we have a song now. And yeah. just sing, but, like, so peacefully with no, like, malice. It's just song time. And the mice are always right as well. Madeline speaks like a teacher. She's yeah. like, okay, yeah. children, calm yeah. down now. We can all be right and we can all be friends. So Gabriel we have a song like, yeah, I was like yeah just take your clothes off <laughs> yeah they I, I don't I don't want to go down this route again but they felt very 
a team. They, they felt were like a, a team. team. The team are where a couple should be. Yes. <laughs> I think that not only do they both have really gorgeous singing voices, but they are, they have really comforting, lovely, kind speaking voices. They do. Yeah. I love them. Quite right, mice. It's a rag doll's house, just like the one made by Uncle Fiedel. Uncle Fiedel? Who's Uncle I know Uncle Fiedel. Yes, we know about Uncle Fiedel. We'll sing about him if you think about him. So Bagpuss thought. Oh yes, Uncle Fiedel. There he is. Fully agree. I do find um, Madeline's flat face a little um, disconcerting. At least the first episode, I was like, oh. But then um, I got used to it, and she's and you just really like her presence because she she is such a gentle presence. She's kind of. She's not a mum, she's not a teacher, she's like a fun aunt, kind of. Madeleine, Madeleine, tell us true, where is the house that belongs to you? Me? A house that belongs to me? No, this is where I live. I'm just Madeleine, a doll made of scraps. You'll find me in a cupboard or a box, perhaps. If my mice are near... Then my home is here. Though sometimes I wish I had half a dozen laps. Yes, yes, I love you all. Yes, but there are rather a lot of you. Ooh, down you get, down you get. Kind of energy. Pissed. Pissed. Yeah, potentially <laughs> just really blissed out. They're at a lock in. <laughs> It is interesting you should say that, being blissed out and being a lock-in, because I have some information about the the way the music was developed for this show. So in 2018, which was maybe a year or two after Peter Furman had died and Oliver Post I'm pretty died, sure Peter Furman died in 2018. Did he? I think so. Well, yeah. I remember it was 2008. Um, so that was Oliver Postgate. Oliver Postgate, yeah, he died about 10 years before Peter Furman yeah. died. So yes, they came out with a vinyl of all the recordings and not just the recordings, but like outtakes and yes, like and you've got it. And I've got it. So I bought it in Manchester because I, I saw it and I, I, I knew about it. I knew it was coming out. and I knew it was like a big deal. They'd finally remastered all of these mm. recordings and it just sounded so clear and so perfect and like you were there in that barn in... 1974 uh i we, i didn't know it came out in 2018 i we but we were in a shop in 2018 in hmv i think and we pulled one out and we're like oh bag puss and there's a picture of you holding it doing a big you, yawn. you need to dig that out because i don't remember that <laughs> but that's really funny so my dad was like elsie this this christmas we've got you something oh my god you are going to love it and i kind of had an idea that that's what they got me because it is so me yeah it is <laughs> yeah and they had so i was like you keep that because i've already got it so my dad has one and i have one and isn't the art so good as well there's like yes. comes with like little like a poster or something that you've got or you had pinned up in your room yeah they've it's got it comes with posters of all the characters and the inside cover is a piece a short piece of writing by Stuart lee oh 
Yeah, you should read it. It's yeah. really nice. I'm going to read... <laughs> I'm sorry, Laura's showing me the picture of Meg Yorning. Um, <laughs> Just a picture of Meg Yorning. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read a little bit of that that piece of writing from Stuart Lee because it's a really, really good piece of writing. It's It just captures the vibe of that record so well. So when it came out, there was lots of interest and lots of articles about the music and the making of the show and the genre of the music. And obviously I've read every single one of them so there's quite a background so let's let's go right the bony king of nowhere he sat upon his throne he didn't much like sitting there because his throne was his throne was made of stone his throne was made of marble white its feet were Ewan McCall. He was an actor, folk collector, folk musician, labour activist, and father of Kirsty McCall. Sounds like a top guy. <laughs> yeah, and he was married to Peggy Seeger, who was also a folk musician. And her father, Peggy Seeger's father, was um, Charles Seeger, who was a folklorist and musicologist. So it all. It <laughs> when all your dad's in. got a fake job. <laughs> And both of these people, they were founders of the Critics Group. So the Critics Group was a casual collection of musicians in the 70s. And they met up every so often to explore, and I quote, how best to apply the techniques of folk music and drama to the folk revival. (laughs) Sorry, they got together to get high. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm saying nothing. bunch of folk musicians meeting up periodically in the 70s yeah to discuss interesting <laughs> questions yeah not a lot of talking just like <laughs> so there was there wasn't a permanent lineup they would just like perform with each other on an ad hoc basis and the the group organized regular club nights i'm reading from my notes here oh sick the union tavern in king's cross road which attracted musicians oh. from all over the world the best part of these evenings was often the lock-ins which developed into impromptu musical sessions until the early hours of the morning sick. so there was this group of like folk musicians in the 70s that were basically trying to make a sort of british folk music revival because it had been overshadowed by the american folk revival yeah. so people didn't really know anything about like all that music had sort of been lost mm. so sandra kerr who voices now i'm thinking about morris dancing well that's part of it <laughs> yeah um sandra kerr voices madeline and john faulkner voices gabriel and they uh did all the music for back purse so sandra kerr was the au pair for ewan mccall and peggy seeger and her musical it's a small small um tiny what's it called niche no circle of people circle of people the british folklore music in it honestly so that's how her musical education came from those two and her and john faulkner are the kind of musicians that can basically pick up any instrument and just play it I'll tell you of turtles who swam in a lily pond around and around on a cold summer's day. They sang of their loved ones of whom they were very fond in their tropical homeland so far, far away. 
Oh, the turtles, they wept as they swam round their lily pool. We wish we could just see our loved ones one day. Said one, though you may think that I am a silly fool to go there by boats a convenient way. So they're, they're basically fucking twats. <laughs> sorry, Laura. sorry, I'm Laura. I'm right. I'm really bad at instruments. They're I'm just still I, with us. I'm just jealous. <laughs> Apologize, right? I'm very sorry. My my envy and jealousy has made me mean. These both can play <laughs> instruments. Don't be jealous. It's ugly. It's unbecoming. <laughs> they're they're basically folk music royalty. Um, but yes, it's it's very niche, and no one knew who they were at the time. But Postgate and Furman, they were looking for a couple of musicians to um, to do bagpuss with them. And Postgate, being the son of a socialist historian, he knew Ewan McCall. So that's how they got in contact. And this is where Michael Rosen comes into the story. Oh, I love wait, that. I the, knew you would love the, that. The poet? Yeah. Yeah. So when Michael oh. Rosen's name came up, no, I was the like, other famous Michael He came Rosen. to my school when we was a kid. I think he went to a lot of schools. Yeah, yeah. he was he was so much fun. But when I when Sorry. I saw his name, I was like, of course, yeah, of, of course. course, he's here as well. So he'd written a show called Sam on Boff's Island, and Sandra and John had provided the theme music, and Peter Furman had provided the animated sequences. So they were kind of aware of each other, but they never met. Yeah. So Sandra and John they they went down to Postgate's home in Kent, and this is a, a quote from Sandra. Red Lion House used to be a pub, which was a very good sign, especially to folk singers, and we got on like a house on fire. John and I were very left-wing. Oliver's father had written the definitive history of the trade union movement, and his uncle was Jaws Jaws Lambring. (laughs) Yeah, we'll go with that. We had all kinds of links. And then Faulkner said he would give us a lyric, like the Boney King of Nowhere. He would say, can you write a melody for that? And then we would go away and throw it around and record a tune to a cassette in whatever room that was quietest. It sounds like we would get on with these people. Yeah. So it was it was a very music-led um, production because they were sort of inspired by the music that they yeah. gave to them. While we're talking about the sound, I guess, I had a thought while I was watching it um, on my own that, like some of the voices have remind me a lot of the 101 dalmatians disney thing oh, yeah um because i was like i think i think it was gabriel and madeline actually they remind me of pongo and what's oh, what's the pongo and Padita. Padita. they remind me of yeah, their voices right. and yeah. then like some of the other dog characters the sort of like weird voices like um professors the british accent yeah yes. like it reminded me a lot of that and i was like oh this is so nice it is yeah it the is. music's obviously very different but so they've so the music is taken from like one of the songs in it is a straight up like traditional folk song um some of them like the old woman tossed up in a basket which is <laughs> my favorite one actually what a name like that is a traditional irish tune but mm. they changed the words to make it more relevant to the episode and also the original words are about wife beating so yeah it sounds like a traditional irish song Mm. you can laura can say that by the way she's irish yep (laughs) there was an old woman tossed up in a basket 17 times as high as the moon where she was going i couldn't but ask it in the hand she carried a broom 
old woman, old woman, old woman, quoth I, where are you going to up so high to brush the cobwebs out of the sky? Shall I go with you, I by and by? <laughs> It's all very unlikely. A clever young mouse, he made a contraption, flippity-flappity-uppy-fly, pulling the handle with delicate action, flippity-flappity-uppy-fly. Oh, Yaffle, oh, Yaffle, so clever and wise, look at us, look at us, off we're flying. Easy, it's easy, we're only just trying. Do you really believe your eyes? Eh, what? 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 What's going on up there? And some of them are original the the miller's song is original it's all there i'm, I'm going to find that piece of writing by Stuart Lee. yeah gonna, but talk amongst yourselves while i do that i like how the mice talk but don't talk i like how they talk as a collective I love how they talk as a group they're just sort of talking over each other they uh they they look like you could make them at home the ones in this and they remind well, me of like isn't that kind of the point yeah they remind me of sylvanian families go on do you know yeah. reading okay i'm going to read the bits that i think are the best although all of it is the best really um and then what stays depends on how long this episode ends up being because i i really so i don't want this to just turn into me quoting things but this is a very very good piece of writing as I write this, in June 2018, our parliament dissolves into a chaotic vortex of hate. The far right is on the rise, fueled by digital distortion and dark funding, and the fragmentation of British society seems to be driven by an especially toxic strain of nostalgia for times gone by and a festering anxiety over the exact nature of our British identity. How comforting and inspiring to be confronted instead with the memory of Peter Furman and Oliver Postgate's Bagpuss, a homemade arts and crafts fantasy world built of better yesterdays and magical manifestations of a British landscape of the mind. Uh, you can't see the face that Laura's making, but that's how that made me feel when I read it. I was just like, it's so lovely. But it's also like fucking miserable because that was 2018 yeah and it's only worse i will i'll go on and see if this makes you feel better sandra kerr and john faulkner's astounding bagpuss soundtrack which presses a distinctly english strain of traditional music and one that inspired a generation of future folk stars to first take up their fiddles into service of an eccentric and authentically english vision sounding with bell-like clarity across the decades the laboratory conditions of benign broadcaster negligence and blind faith in the autonomy of the auteur that allowed Furman and Postgate to develop era-defining works like The Clangers, Nog in the Nog and Bagpuss in the 50s, 60s and 70s have been focus-grouped out of existence, with Postgate himself observing in 2005. We were excused the interference of educationalists, sociologists and other pseudosciences, which have produced eventually a confection of formulae which have no integrity. So what do you think about that? Well, both of me and Meg were on the verge of tears. No, I did cry. I Meg was crying. Yeah. I the thing. Okay, it's it's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I will say just to point towards the end. I get a hundred percent what he's saying about the involvement of um, too many people. Like, well, he says pseudoscientists, and it's like okay, but some people I are actual scientists. I do think that because Shutley is <clears throat> a comedian. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but like. One actually, one of the things I was thinking about earlier is because I I watched the thing about you know like the the beige mums. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like monochrome and beige mums who I, I, with all respect, you shouldn't have to give up every your, your how you like your house and how you like your aesthetics just because you've had a kid. But at the same time, color is important for development. Like it's really important for development, for language, emotional development, just general social development. Like don't deprive your children of color. And when I was watching Bagpuss, it hits the like perfect amount of color. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on reading and he does mention this, but it's the fact that it's in black and white and then it turns into like ever so slightly psychedelic pink. Yeah, it's like, cause there's, there's a right amount of, it, obviously it's a pretty broad window, but there is a right amount of color for children like there's overstimulating but bagpuss like hits that sort of natural color scape perfectly and he's striped and he's striped oh. i said i can't remember which one of you i said this to. i said he's like the cheshire cat's friendly cousin yeah 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 <laughs> right the nice one the nice the one. good one in the fo- everyone's yeah. got a weird cousin <laughs> The circumstances that gave Kerr and Faulkner's music a sense of timelessness in that it drew on traditional sources, and immediacy in that tradition was in the midst of an expansive cultural resurgence, the 50s folk revival bleeding into psychedelic rock, children's television soundtracks, and a strange cinematic strain of rural folk horror, could not be recreated now, and any similar approach by definition would be somewhat ersatz. I, with that, like, I really like it when not necessarily children need any media <clears throat> like revels in in where obviously this can go in a weird direction but like revels in where it comes from like it's very british and it enjoys being very british in niche and unusual ways because the folklore side of it mm-hmm. the folk music side of it and like it reminds me a little bit also of like winnie the pooh because that feels very quintessentially british and also like kind of robin hood in these ways that is like very hard to explain yeah i mean until i'd read that little passage as well i'd never made the connection between bagpuss and folk horror because i love folk horror yeah i yeah, love folk like, horror because he goes he goes on i don't i might read it i might not but um he goes on and compares it to um when they f- went back and found the original recording for the music of the wicker man it's a very oh. similar thing. It's and it that all got produced during a seventies revival yeah. of folk music, and he he calls it acid folk. I think I think it's like a Bagpuss is a gorgeous blend of acid folk and rural folk horror. It's, it's kind of weird. With like Alt J's first album is apparently experimental folk. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> baker, baker, the flower is here, soft and fine and bland baker baker get out of bed put that silly old hat on your head bake me a loaf of golden bread and then i'll go blow the wind and rain the rain fall the shivery snow soon the sun will shine again as the year <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> thank you there's so much to look at when it comes to bagpuss and obviously like children's media being quite artistic it's not rare but it's is rare to feel so closely connected to it it's like 
we look at the art of like original Disney and I know you two especially really appreciate it and really like it. Some of them you think are really beautiful. And that's true. But this is, it's got like a soul that so much stuff for kids doesn't have especially anymore yeah and well, you feel like you can reach out and touch the objects yeah what's well, the thing people have been about the latest disney film they've been saying that a lot about wish because it's well I, they people are saying it looks ai generated and it's they did a particular thing that, that you do in tv animation that you don't normally see in film animation that actually makes it look cheaper which is what maybe people think that but the the movement away from hand animation or like stop motion animation where the hand of the person doing it is inevitably really interconnected w- with it because they've moved every single thing that you can feel that so much in Bagpuss and it is going away and as you, time has moved on. You don't have loads of like producers, studios, executives between you and the thing we're looking That's at. That's true, yeah. It's, it's like, such a short credits. It's short credits. It's like we have enough of a connection to it that my boyfriend was a has been able to interview Emily Furman. Has twice. been on the land where it Yeah. Like that that's rare. That's yeah. so rare. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with New Disney. It's entertainment, right? I it's well known about me that I think Frozen Two is a fantastic <laughs> film. I actually love it. I think it's really, really It's really funny. But the animation that we don't have as much of anymore like this kind of thing like stop motion stuff more hand-drawn stuff this is like with wallace and gromit you can see their thumbprints on the characters it's like connection that we've we we, we're losing i feel i think this is why studio ghibli does so well still you even have different animators in studio ghibli working on the same film but still have a distinct enough style that you can tell who's done what. yeah so the boy and the heron they it was uh it was a small team of animators i can't remember how many but they didn't have due date what what would that be deadline deadline, deadline. they didn't have a deadline so they just were like okay we'll we've written it we'll see what we do as we go we see how long it takes us and that gives i think breathing room in industries where this is like video game development crunch time is so prevalent and it is soul killing for artists who just want to do something they love but it's killing them yeah because miyazaki was like we're doing a film you'll get it when you get it yeah (laughs) this is a difficult episode because all of us tonight for some reason are struggling with speech which is not (laughs) ideal for podcasts but we have so much in us to say about bagpuss it's just like trying to get it out into coherent words i really liked (laughs) that his head kind of looks like it's a a satellite dish (laughs) (laughs) he's got a big head the way it moves is like i like the way how he looks like he has some weight to him yeah he does look heavy I've seen him, and have, have we all I, seen him? I think him? we've all I seen him. I have, yeah, because they're yeah they're on an exhibition at the Beanie in, in Canterbury, Canterbury, and if you have the opportunity to go, it's not a huge exhibition. It's a tiny exhibition, but they've got you know um, the clangers, the clangers, well. bagpuss. I think Rupert Bear's there as well. Actually, I've seen. A, I've, creepy. I, don't I like love him. Rupert. I've been Bear. to the Rupert Bear exhibition they had in Canterbury, yeah, so and then did I. the bagpuss one, and like. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. What? Oh, the, sorry. The, I did want to say... Because they're so... Because it's stop motion, they're so physical. And the fact that you have the record rather than the digital disc. And I think that's well, one of the things... it came out on vinyl. 
really nice yeah i think so because i mean it's on spotify now as well you watched it on vhs i did you touched it like that this feels like i'm going on a weird route but it's such a physical piece of media all of us have very physical connections to it we have um all three of us have a kind of like i think i think it's uh i I am about to make a point (laughs) um all of us have like a kind of fascination with film photography so we've all got film cameras and we all like for example every time i go on holiday i take a disposable camera with me or two or three well now you've Um, got a camera that's more refillable and so's laura and like my boyfriend does and you do as well so he's got a polaroid and you've got a film camera and i have a broken polaroid (laughs) i had to explain well my granddad asked me like why i wanted one because he gave me an old film camera of his and was like why are you bothered (laughs) and it, it made me think about why we as a kind of generation like we like vinyls we like we like film photography we like that sort of I thing like books we've had this before on the podcast but we as a generation like physical things because we've grown up in like a digital age or you know moving into a digital age that we have loads of um photos on our phones and that kind of thing but it's nice to have something physical yeah. to show for it and it's that's how i feel about yeah bagpuss it's like bagpuss exists it's not merch made out of you know it's like that comes out of a lot of like disney films and that kind of thing he's an actual thing that exists that you can go and look at even like so my supervisor has a teenage son and i think this is common among their lot i don't i wouldn't do this personally um because he's gotten really into cassette tapes he has a walkman and i'm just like interesting choice (laughs) of all the things an interesting choice because that's that's not the best quality ones but all right my boyfriend has a cassette player because i bought him one um because a few years ago i bought him like a limited edition cassette and i thought oh, i'll buy him a walkman so he's got something to play it on but like every year since i've bought him like a personalized cassette like a mixtape <laughs> of all the songs that like the the top ones he's been yeah. listening to in the car that year and i think it's a really cute thing to do i remember it when i was little i had one of those fisher price little uh i guess stereo things but it, it was for recording onto tapes that had a little had a little face on it had a little microphone and i would just go around going say something <laughs> and i had one of those happy meal toys that played music that was current at the time <laughs> <laughs> and i looked at the little discs that you put in yeah so the the documentary made this point which i think is so very astute so watching it i think me and laura watched a bit together and we were like it's very repair shop yeah yeah because i mean i don't i don't need to explain this but basically someone emily takes a broken thing to um well she says shop sorry emily you're running a lost and found (laughs) yeah she she takes it and it's broken and the mice fix it and they all work out what it is and bagpuss tells a story about what it is and of course as always his thoughts appear like magic (laughs) like madeline goes "Uh, bagpuss could you think about this please and it becomes real so bagpuss thought he thought so hard his thoughts appeared like magic and they they sing a song and the mice have a marvelous mechanical mouse organ that plays the plays the film that you yeah they've got the roll of yeah yeah. 
that's why we said it was very repair shop because they're repairing an item and that item always has a story and has a background and has something attached to it and less dads in this though less dads it's always to do with their dad it's yeah. like, oh, this is my dad <laughs> this is my dad <laughs> and this documentary made the point of bagpuss is ultimately um you can't separate it from the socialism of the creators because it's about good uh, yes yeah. it's about working together it's about reusing things it's ecological it's about connecting with the past it's about connecting with things connecting with people it's down with the bourgeoisie and magic and magic it's magic socialist is, yeah, actually yeah no yes, sorry it yes it is it's very she socialist. basically wishes bagpuss yeah. alive because she loves him so much because she loves him so much also magic is a great equalizer it is yeah. Oh, Meg. Meg's crying. But Emily loved him. Oh. So Oliver Postgate is the voice of the narrator of Bagpuss and of Yaffle. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, 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 yep. No, Bagpuss. Bagpuss. These mice are being silly again. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Oh, my God. I, I think, I mean, I was on the phone to my dad last night. It was like, Yaffle was a twat, wasn't it? <laughs> well, yes, he was. Because oh, they'll tell a beautiful story. It'll cut away. They'll be like, a moment of silence there's lots of air there's lots of yeah. silence there's breathing room there's breathing room and yaffle will just go nyeh, nyeh, nyeh. <laughs> nonsense like come on man what a pretty story what a delightful story absolute rubbish every word of it but quite delightful so yeah it's a very socialist show and i think that's good and i think it is absolutely it's good obvious. and proper teach the children socialism it's obvious that it is and there's a quote from Sandra Kerr, who was in this documentary, and I'm not going to get it right, so I'm going to tell you to, but I'm going to actually put the quote in the, in the show. The whole ethos of Bagpuss, which is about using things in a different way, or finding broken things and mending them, and investing them then with a magical kind of property, um, I think that was way ahead of its time, and frankly, I think it was way ahead of us too. I mean, John Faulkner and I were very politically conscious young people, but our politics only extended as far as where we were going to build the barricades. This much deeper ecological, environmentalist kind of approach that Oliver had has only grown on me over the years, and I've seen how far-sighted and ahead of its time it was. We're very political young people, but our politics just extended to where we're going to build the barricades. But And I was like, oh, that's just where it extended to? Okay. <laughs> then since since they stopped making films, he was just sort of a bit of a political a activist, and that's what he wanted to do. He didn't want to do anything else. Fair. Fair yeah. play yeah. to the guy. He just couldn't do something without making a point, basically. <laughs> yeah. Just accidentally put a hammer and sickle at everything. I just, oh, it's just an accident. It's, it's not an accident. <laughs> it's not an accident. Anyone got any favourite bits? I really liked the um, the animated bit uh, with, with the ballet shoe where they go... Um, they row it. They row, row, row the boat. With feathers. With feathers through the house and they get all sticky and they wash in orange juice. And I'm like, that's not going to help. That thing was like, they didn't actually fix anything in that episode they just fucked around with it and then put it in the window i dreamed a dream of two fine mouses tall they were and true they lived in one of your stately houses in jackets of blue and braided trousers and happy as happy as ever a mouses though there were only two were two though there were only two 
said let's leave these shores let's sail away dear please this shoe will do if we hold the oars and row it along with our delicate paws we'll row it across the mahogany floors till we find the stilton cheese the cheese till we find the stilton cheese i liked the episode where with the yeah that one the little the one with the ballet slipper with a little old woman who lived in a shoe and the she there's loads of kids in this shoe and she's spanking one of them and you can see his little bottom oh <laughs> yeah when me and laura were watching um the one with the beautiful song about the dragonflies about how dragonflies came into existence it's a really really gorgeous song it's yeah. a gorgeous episode yeah and you know how it sort of focuses in on the still images mm. it was like focusing in if you know your bag pussy you know exactly which bit i'm talking about it's like got a picture of a mermaid princess surrounded by all these like fool princes and oh yeah it's <laughs> on one of the one of the princes dada yeah dada oh my god cake it he was, was he was so caked he up was. we were both so surprised it's like, oh. we, the, yeah this is why we have to explain to laurel what the phrase caked up means <laughs> It's not a drug thing. I thought it was a makeup. She thing. gets all of her culture and references from us. <laughs> so if we haven't said something to Laura, you can't expect her to hear it. It's to know say it. it. To know it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you guys watched uh the the wise man episode. Yes, I watched the wise man one. Yeah, uh, I, I was vaguely the turtles. Yeah. I was vaguely worried. <laughs> when it started because i was like oh this was a long time ago please stay on a nice and they do yeah it's about an old wise chinese man yeah i will begin the story it was a long time ago there lived on an island by a lake in lingpo a wise man he was very old and very wise and all he wanted to do was sit beside the lake and think and watch the leaves growing on the trees his favorite companions were the turtles who would come out of the water to sit beside him. Yeah, and then they do it in um, sort of traditional uh, Chinese ink style. Yeah, I And I thought that. that was really cool. I really liked that. And, it, and it's, it gave slightly like Buddhist fable because of the tortoises and stuff. I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, I was, I was worried. And then at the end, Yaffle says, um, he's not a stupid man. The Chinese are very polite to each other. <laughs> yeah, they're very polite people. And I was like, oh, sure. I liked the Hamishes. Oh, I loved the Hamish. The Hamish episode was so. Oh, that one. So that's cute. you guys came home when we were watching that one, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, for when I was very young, because of that episode, I genuinely was. Did you not... think bagpipes were little creatures? Yes, I wasn't entirely sure what they were, but I had an idea that they were alive. Oh yes, I think I know what that is. I think that is a sort of small, soft Hamish. And what is a small, soft Hamish, if you please? Ah, it's an old story. A sad story from the highlands of Scotland, I will tell you. In the far north of Scotland, there once was a sort of creature who lived in lonely, cold, damp places. They kept away from people and lived alone because they were shy and rather frightened sort of creatures. I love the idea (laughs) of a naturally occurring tartan. 
<laughs> you, you go you take a wrong turn in the highlands and you found animals that just are tartan that would be that'd be amazing i mean that is basically the episode that's what kilts are made out of Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh too far there's just just dark oh, a pelt of a hamish the pelt of a hamish yeah the hide that's so funny and then yeah bagpipes are the body of a hamish Ooh. yeah the, if you haven't seen this episode, the thing Emily brings in is a tartan pin cushion, as it turns out to be, but it sort of looks like bagpipes shaped. Bagpipes without the pipes. Yeah, Bagpipes makes up a story about them being wild creatures in Scotland. Small fairy creatures. Small fairy yeah. creatures, yeah. It's very cute. And they when they walk or when they move they make bagpipe noises oh they sort of waddle along yeah i i tried i was just like oh let's imitate the sound of a bagpipe but i cannot i cannot even fathom how to do that and they're almost that their whole body is the shape of peppa pig's head yeah <laughs> a hairdryer a hairdryer it's oh it's so difficult to pick out favorite moments because it's all so lovely oh it reminds me a little you know that um fish children's book that was all sparkly and watercolory yeah the rainbow fish the rainbow, rainbow fish yeah. some of the stuff kind of reminds me of that vibe well it's kind just... of hazed out isn't it yeah and twinkly and twinkly yeah. i like the bit where they have the wind-up ballet dancer and yaffle falls in love with it yeah. and starts dancing around it yep 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 oh, yep how charming charming oh quite charming oh delightful oh i am moved what a delightful young lady Oh, mice, mice, dear mice, do please wind her up and play her again. Oh, 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 oh dear, dear, no, oh, I'm, I'm a bit tied up. Oh, 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 oh dear, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yaffle dancing is such a delightful sight. It is, sight. yeah. And we, obviously, we have to talk about the mouse mill. Yeah. I, um, that's what I, I fell asleep watching it because I was Shame. very, I'm very sleepy Shame and it's very you. lovely and I was comfy. It is very relaxing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Breadcrumbs and butterbees. <laughs> I love that Yaffle just doesn't believe them. He's <laughs> right, but he just is like, no, I need to see the inner workings of this for myself. Fair that play, episode... question everything. <laughs> <laughs> that episode made me go out and buy chocolate biscuits. Uh, you've eaten half of them. No, I haven't. Not a toy. A real mouse mill. A real mouse mill. Well, what does it make? Chocolate biscuits. Chocolate biscuits. Hmm. Oh, ridiculous. Fiddlesticks and flapdoodle. There is no such thing as a mill that makes chocolate biscuits. What does it make the chocolate biscuits out of? Red crumbs and butter beans. Oh, no, 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 no. Ridiculous, ridiculous. You can't. You can't make chocolate biscuits out of bread crumbs and butter beans. Are you ready, mice? Ready for inspection. 
Bagpuss. What else do I like in Bagpuss? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, Gabriel is the only non-stop motion character. He's a hand puppet. He is. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, when you told me that, I was like, oh, that makes sense because he is so smooth. So smooth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wow. I think it'd be a great show. Like, because some, sometimes kids get really hyper and you need to do something to sort of wind them down, right? You need like a relaxed time. My aunt does this quite well. Um, and I think Bagpuss would be a really good show to put on to make your kids wind down. Did you see the um, Ship in a Bottle episode? No. No, sorry. It's the first episode. There's a ship in a bottle. And basically what Emily brings is a bottle with some bits inside. <laughs> and the mice decide to shove Charlie Mouse in the neck of the bottle. <laughs> they work like very much as a mob to the mice yeah they, they do yeah and they get a bit overexcited and madeline has to be like stop stop <laughs> so they were shoving him in and madeline was like stop that you're going to hurt charlie mouse so they pull him out and there's like a little pop noise stop stop at once stop we will wash it you will do no such thing that is a very delicate piece of fabric. If you go bashing and scrubbing at it, you'll spoil it forever. You must treat it gently, lovingly and very politely. Oh, we are very fond of you. We love you very much. That's better. I like the bit where um, the mice, she asks the mice to what, do something and tells them not to sing. Yeah, And the mice go, we, lo- we mice love to sing while we work. We're going on strike. <laughs> yeah, that was so I loved that bit. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, mice, you can sing if you work at the same time. Mice like to sing. Mice not sing. Mice not work. Mice strike oh indeed i don't know how they did the talking but yeah i was wondering that but the round that they sing the we will fix it we will whatever that was sandra kerr and um sandra kerr and john faulkner singing slowly sped up ah okay that makes sense but i have no idea how they did the talking Until I rewatched it, I thought I'd made up the bit at the beginning that goes bag puss, bag puss, old fat furry cat puss. And I, because I have a bag puss in my room, often see it and have that in my head. Aww. And I thought I'd made, I don't know why, I thought I'd made it up. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, sometimes I go back and I watch stuff from when I was a kid and I was like, ah, I fully made up an ending. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this did not happen. I'm now disappointed. <laughs> Laura said last night two very funny things. No, not last night, when we were watching it. You said, Yaffle sounds like K9. He does. He sounds like K9. He so much sounds like K9. You also said, because of Bagpus thinking and his thoughts appearing like magic, you said, Bagpus has generative AI in his (laughs) (laughs) I like the bit where they're telling the princess and the frog story and Mm. the 
princess kisses the frog and turns into a frog and she's much happier for it no, I the think frog nice. kisses the princess oh, because sorry. if the princess okay. kisses the frog he turns into a prince and he was like no no i don't want yeah, that for yeah, me yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like i'm a frog i don't want to say that way i do not have to marry you as you are this is a fairy tale and i have but to place a tender magic kiss upon your ugly brow and you will turn into a handsome prince oh no you don't said the frog keeping well out of reach i'm frog and i want to stay frog i'm not turning into any handsome prince thank you very much the princess sighed again oh frog how sensible you are i love that for him i was like yeah, oh. sure of who you are yeah. i found the elephant with no ears episode to be really sad I don't think you two have seen it, but no. I found it really genuinely sad as a kid. And still now I, I watch it. I'm like, I don't like this. And it does have a melancholic quality to like very much. Right. Mm. What do you say? Yes. Yes, of course. I'll think some more. I, I don't know if that's us projecting onto it because of so much other stuff. If we watched it naturally when we if in the fifth in the sixties or fifties when we were very young, I don't know if it would have had the same You know it came out in the seventies. It's fifty years old. Sorry. Uh, oh <laughs> my god. I oh, I'm doing that to uh two thousands, fifty years ago was the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, sorry. Yeah, I don't know if we have, if we had watched it in the seventies naturally, if that melancholic. Well, Michael Rosen said that when he watched it with his kids, one of them was into it, and the other one, he couldn't he couldn't get with it at all, and he he said he thought he sensed the sort of sadness in it. Oh, I don't know. Very thoughtful child. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, no. I mean, you pick up on vibes, don't you? I mean, there was yeah, but stupid children don't. <laughs> Uh, fucking hell okay <laughs> all right all right or very young yeah yeah yeah, yeah very young yeah. i mean i was about four but like there there is a, a, there is a sadness there i think i can't explain it i think it's just the sort of nostalgia and yeah yeah i mean that's the question for people who watched it originally did it feel nostalgic from the off yeah, which which none of us can answer. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to say? Just that I love it. Yeah, me too. Oh, we okay. This is completely a side note, but tangents be what tangents are. We, while we were watching, we, we. <laughs> tangent we, is as tangent does. Yes. Um, monkey see, monkey do. Um, when we were watching on Daily Motion with this person who has uploaded just reams of stuff from the 70s and we came across a show that neither me or else had ever heard of but you've heard of it and i've heard of it i'd never seen it it's bonkers what was it called Fl the, flumps. the flumps yeah they've never heard of the flumps and me and my dad used to my mum used to work night not not like evening shifts and we'd go i was too young to be like left at home by myself so we'd go pick my mum up and we'd be like waiting in the car park for her outside and we'd do it the flumps theme tune um and my dad's definitely never ever told anyone that but I, it's actually quite a good memory for my childhood that's really sweet yeah but it, it's just like they're living meatballs 
Yeah. <laughs> what a discovery. Meg, tell the other story about your dad and you in the car when you were a child. Because this is so funny. <laughs> I, I love I love this story. Have I never told it? I don't think so. Um, I love this story. There was a I was my dad I was young enough to like I don't know if I was sat in the back or if I he just forgot that I was there. But I he was driving me home from somewhere and it was dark and um someone like cut him off or did something stupid and road rage got the better of him and he swore like he called this guy a <laughs> something like that something an awful spiel of language yeah 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 and apparently little me he says this little voice came out of the darkness <laughs> and i said are you talking to me daddy <laughs> he was like no, sweetheart, I'm not talking to you. He just felt so bad. <laughs> he felt so bad, like to the oh. point where he still tells the story. He's like, yeah, I felt awful, yeah. <laughs> so this is the last paragraph of the Stuart Lee thing. So actually, when when we first got this record, my mum read the, the inner sleeve. She read this bit and she said, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> like we're, we're all big Stuart Lee fans. I don't know if you can tell just by, you know, the, way, the vibes the way the vibes yeah <laughs> the conduit of the cloth cat carried this music into the minds of a generation subversively softening them towards the often maligned music of their own islands and now it can take its place alongside langhorn's aforementioned hired hand soundtrack the folk opera of the wicker man's collected cues and the scrappy fragments of pentangle's music from the film tamlin as an accidental classic of the folk roots underground that we never dared hope we'd hear with such clarity Aww. That's nice, isn't it? That's yeah. very nice. Yeah. Would this basket fly? This basket here? No, of course not. Though I suppose it could be made to fly. There must be something that flaps air like a bird's wing does. I know. Mice, look on the shelf there, behind the blue and white jar. Come on, come oh, on, look, look, look. There are two sort of stick things here. Thank you. Now... Look at this. Ooh. Isn't that beautiful? What is it for? This is a fan. You flap it and it blows cool air on you to keep you cool in warm weather. Like this. Should we do final comments? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Me too. I want to show my cousins it because I don't think they've seen it. So I, I, next time I see them, I'm going to force them to watch it. I'm really glad that we're doing this um on the cusp of the anniversary it's yeah. it, it works yeah thanks meg's boyfriend for highlighting the upcoming anniversary yeah i <laughs> did yeah do it now because the anniversary is coming up thank you meg's boyfriend yeah i and we will hear from him soon or I... have already heard from him one of the two <laughs> something that makes me happy is that i loved it when i was a kid and i love it now potentially even more and it's I'm so glad it exists. I'm so glad. I mean, I, I actually don't have anything insightful to say, to be honest. I'm I'm done with my insightfulness. I just love it. I'm really glad it's still super accessible. Like, it isn't lost media. It isn't even close to lost media, and I'm really glad of that. Yeah, I mean, the, these recordings are found media, really. I mean, the I'll see if it's possible for me to put some of the outtakes on on the episode we're going to put out, because... Um, 
you can just hear them laughing and going for like more takes it's it's incredible because they they literally just recorded in the room they could find that was the quietest relatable professional (laughs) about this it's so relatable (laughs) (laughs) yeah we should have more kids tv made in people's barns (laughs) how many people do you know that have a barn one yeah well tots tv was kind of made in a barn yeah yeah you're like you don't know anyone with a barn yeah i do (laughs) i knew you did but I knew it was one. Uh, she grew up in a village, so like her nightclub was a barn, basically. <laughs> Actually, it was a town. I grew up in a town. Well, I grew up in a village. a village. It's a town. Is it a town? Yeah, it's oh, a right. town. Okay. Yeah. okay, all right. I grew up oh. in a village. Parish council, so it's a village. <laughs> it's a village. Yeah, town council, so it's a town. Some yeah. of us grew up in a city. Oh, well, city council. <laughs> You've had city air your whole life. You have no idea what the country yeah, smells I... like. Go and breathe some country. Look at a cow, bitch. <laughs> Sorry, this isn't... It, it isn't acceptable to speak to each other when we're talking about bagfoots like it's this. So, it's, it's so... I'm sorry, I apologise. I've got one last thing to say about it. I think that the sheer amount of effort and love that is put into every single second of it makes the subject whatever they're talking about feel like the most important thing in the world when they're talking about it yeah i get you and not in a pretentious way no like uh, it's very unpretentious yeah like a broken statue comes into the shop and they find a story about it that they managed to animate yeah in a sort of scratchy, horrible way. And <laughs> they, sing, they sing a folk song about it. And it just, the focus and the effort that is clearly put into this 13 minutes makes it feel, makes tiny items that you feel like you could reach out and touch yeah. just feel like the most important thing. It's very like when you were a kid and you could play with literally anything. You give yeah. me a couple sticks and a ball and I'll figure out a story or something yeah it's nice that it shows you that everything is important Mm. even lost things especially lost things and the the stakes couldn't be higher for um things that we just don't think about day to day yeah and everything deserves to be remembered yeah well with that (laughs) (laughs) you can find us on twitter it's weird being this sincere (laughs) at thoughts underscore underscore tv you can find us on instagram at thoughts tv that o is a zero or tiktok uh, at thoughts tv pod you can email us at thoughts tv 2002 at gmail.com and we have a discord server that's just thoughts tv or the link is on the socials it feels so weird to sully bagpuss with the word thought yeah it, it does it does um, but the clangers used to swear so did yeah they? it was in the script you didn't hear it but in the minds of the creators yes it's like in puss and boots when they bleep yes exactly yeah, yeah i don't <laughs> think the creators would care <laughs> yeah no i don't think so either happy birthday bagpuss happy birthday bagpuss and so their work was done Bagpuss gave a big yawn and settled down to sleep. And of course, when Bagpuss goes to sleep, all his friends go to sleep too.
the mice were ornaments on the mouse organ. Gabriel and Madeleine were just dolls. And Professor Yaffle was a carved wooden bookend in the shape of a woodpecker. Even Bagpuss himself, once he was asleep, was just an old saggy cloth cat. Baggy and a bit loose at the seams. But Emily loved him. Thank you, Emily Furman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thank you. And thank you, Meg's boyfriend, for coming yes. on the show as well. He who shall not be named. We might have him back. Who knows? We'll see how this goes down. I mm. would feel so bad doing an episode on Paddington without having a bit from him. I was thinking that he earlier. He does love it so he much. Does. The thing is, I know we're not in the habit of inviting guests on. Like, it's kind of just not possible. It did feel rude to be like, go do this work for us and then don't. Mm-hmm report your findings yourself mm. yeah your findings. your findings she's a person no i know but he did the he did the work for her. right sweet dreams everyone night, night, you're night, probably night. traveling to work yeah have a good day, day.